0: I am actually familiar with Trader Joe's, but for those who don't know the chain, let me tell you now. Trader Joe's is not your typical grocery store. Its unconventional business strategies and inventories enabled it to open over 500 stores in the US. And I am sure you are dying to know how they made it. Let's dive in. We can trace the origins of Trader Joe's to the Pronto Market's food chain in the late 50s. Rexall Drug Co., the drugstore chain, ventured into the food store space by establishing Pronto Markets. At the helm of Pronto was a very young Joe Coulomb. At only 26 years old, he was already handling the expansion of Pronto in Orange County, California. Rexall executives were impressed by Coulomb's leadership skills during his three-year tenure at Rexall and they had no doubts he was the right man for the job. Although Pronto was expanding, it was facing immense competitive pressures from chains such as 7 Eleven. Thus, by mid 60s, Rexall decided to axe the Pronto division. You might have thought Coulomb left to start his own chain, but after thinking over it on a vacation, he decided to buy out the Pronto chain from Rexall. He thought, why start from scratch when I can buy a distressed business at a great price? The biggest challenge he faced was competing effectively with the growing 7 Eleven. He knew he had to offer a differentiated buying experience to survive. And might I remind you that he did not have the financial resources that 7-Eleven had. Coulomb came up with an ingenious marketing plan by analyzing social trends. First, he found that consumers were becoming more sophisticated and were looking for new buying experiences. Then, he reasoned that the boom in global travel would prime Americans to new cultures, and hence new types of food. He thus found his niche, appealing to well-educated people who were traveling more. The first Trader Joe's was thus opened in South Pasadena in 1967, and the rest of the Pronto stores converted. His initial plan called for repositioning the chain as an upscale store, selling gourmet groceries and party supplies. He wanted to create an atmosphere where customers could leave their problems at the door. Store employees even started wearing Hawaiian shirts as a tribute to the tiki bar culture of the 50s. However, Orange County suffered from an economic downturn in the early 70s when the aerospace industry collapsed. Coulomb quickly found that his target customers no longer had the disposable income to spend in upscale stores. And mind you, at the time, liquor sales were the most profitable. Less disposable income meant fewer social gatherings and hence lower liquor sales. This is when he decided to broaden his food and beverage inventory to carry unique items from different parts of the world. In the meantime, Coulomb was testing various marketing strategies. In the end, what really piqued consumers' interest was Coulomb's fearless flyer, originally called Trader Joe's Insider Report. The report was in form of a mad style magazine which featured consumer reports and commentaries about environmental awareness. As it became an immediate hit with customers, the chain began carrying more environmentally friendly products. Sales and profits were rising up until 1976, when California legislators deregulated the supermarket industry. Since the Depression, markets were promised a profit from the sales of liquor and milk, but the deregulation ended that. A lot of small convenience stores relied on these items sales to survive, up to the point they would advertise other items below cost, just to get customers through the door. Coulomb once again innovated to survive in an environment where small mom-and-pop stores were closing. His stores carried upscale, trendy, hard-to-find beers and wines, which immediately found success. Over time, he expanded his inventory to carry pastas, seafood, vegetables and snacks as well. His innovative concept caught the eye of the Albrecht family, the owners of Aldi Discount Stores, who bought Trader Joe's in 1979. With Coulomb still acting as CEO, the chain grew in the 80s by adapting to consumer tastes. The chain still carried the unique beers and wines but more perishables and dry food occupied shelf space. The fearless flyer was still used as the primary marketing tool to drive sales. Most importantly, Coulomb kept consumers' interest by continuously changing the inventory. You might think that constantly changing items is costly. But Trader Joe's managed to keep prices at an affordable level. The chain used internally generated funds to fund growth. The low-cost clever marketing tactics also helped save money. But what had the most impact was its range of private label products, which made up the majority of its inventory. The chain had its own branded items that were supplied by small contractors, who most often sold discontinued items to Trader Joe's at a discount. And that's what was behind the genius inventory cycle essentially. A buying team would scout the world for interesting items and bargains. These unusual items commanded a high profit margin compared to other stores' selections. By late 1980s, the chain had expanded to 30 outlets, generating around $150 million in annual revenues. What I found cool is that Coulomb was even a board member at Denny's restaurants and played a crucial role in its $700 million buyout. By then, Coulomb had built an impressive business and felt it was time to retire. In 1988, he passed on the reins to John Shields, a friend whom he has known for over 40 years since they met at Stanford University. Under Shields' leadership, inventory kept broadening to include dairy products, frozen foods and bakery items. Shields took expansion to another level, moving outside California. And the well-oiled Fearless Flyer still proved to be an effective marketing tool. By mid-1990, there were stores in Oregon and Washington, and sales reached $600 million. Then began the expansion on the East Coast, with stores opening in Boston and New York. They had to switch distribution of their flyers to in-stores and online rather than mail as delivery costs were mounting amid the expansion. The chain continued to expand into the new millennium, with plans to expand in the Midwest. Since the chain was carrying more items, the store size expanded to around 8 to 10,000 square feet, which is tiny compared to Walmart's or Costco's over 100,000 square feet stores. But that makes Trader Joe's the grocery chain with the highest sales per square foot. The tried and tested business strategy has taken Trader Joe's to new heights. The chain now generates over $13 billion with the help of its over 500 stores. For those of you who are familiar with the chain, what's your favorite item? And what would you like to see more often on the shelves? And for those of you who just found out about it, would you be interested in visiting a store? As always, let us know what you think.